So what's up guys? What's on my mind today? Black History Month. February has been designated as Black History Month here in America. And there's two things that I know. One, as a kid growing up in a small town in the South, many times I look for black history far away. I look for famous people to talk about, to write about. Truth be told, black history was always right under my nose. And B, black history isn't just for black America. Black history is American history. So today we're gonna to talk about Mini Cops, a black American from my hometown of Indianola, Mississippi. Let's get into this. Minnie Cox was born in 1869 in Lexington, Mississippi, only four years after the end of the Civil War. Her mother and father, Mary and William Getting, were both former slaves. She was one of two daughters. Now, Mrs. Cox was educated in both Lexington and Indianola, Mississippi. After graduating high school, Mrs. Cox attended Fisk University in Nashville, Tennessee. She graduated with a teacher certificate. Shortly after, Mrs. Cox would get married to Wayne Cox and they would come back to Indianola to settle down. Wayne Cox was the principal of the Indianola Colored School. He was also the city's first black alderman. Minnie Cox and her husband were both very active in the Republican Party. I mean, why wouldn't he be? Now I know, many people are thinking, black people as Republicans? Yeah, don't forget, this was really shortly after the Civil War that ended in 1865. Many black people were loyal to the Republican Party, the party of Lincoln. My, how things have changed. Being a strong supporter of the Republican Party would turn out to be very important to this story. Minnie Cox was first appointed as postmaster of Indianola, Mississippi in 1891. But there's always a caveat. Cox was only appointed after no white Republicans qualified for the job. President Benjamin Harris turned to Minnie Cox. This appointment of postmaster possibly made Minnie Cox the first African-American to assume that role. But this appointment wouldn't last long. After the Democrats won the White House, Grover Cleveland appointed a white woman, Mrs. T.J. Treadwell, to replace Ms. Cox. Mrs. Cox would find herself reappointed to the position in 1897 after the Republican president, William McKinley, won office. She continued as postmaster in Indianola, Mississippi under President Theodore Roosevelt. Okay. Now, Mrs. Cox wasn't a slacker at her job. She was very organized and committed to her job as postmaster. She was also very wise. She knew she held a well-paying position in the small town of Indianola. The postmaster job in Indianola, Mississippi provided service to roughly 3,000 people. Now, like I said, this was a well-paying job in Indianola, Mississippi. Mrs. Cox's salary about $1,100 a year. Now I know that doesn't sound like a lot of money, but those dollars in today's value will have the purchasing powers of about $32,000 a year 
Okay, okay. I know that still doesn't sound like a lot to you guys right now. But the median salary for Indianola, Mississippi right now is roughly $17,000 to $18,000 per year. So even the $32,000 a year would be a lot of money in Indianola, Mississippi, even today. To steer clear of conflict, Mrs. Cox often paid some of the Indianola customers late rental fees from her own pocket. She also paid for the installation of a telephone at the post office, so customers could call to check and see if they had mail for the day. But this wasn't enough. The majority of the white citizens thought that this job should be handed to a white person. In the beginning, their complaints were few and far between, but this wouldn't last long. As time passed, Calls for Mrs. Cox to resign increased in Indianola from the white citizens. Of course, there was a racist component. Now, why didn't the town just fire Mrs. Cox? Well, the Postal Service was a federal job, and she was appointed by the president, so the state nor the local government had any control over this appointment. But if you think that stopped the white citizens of Indianola, then you don't know the South. First, the town called a meeting and they voted for Mrs. Cox to turn in her resignation and leave her job no later than January 1st, 1903. Initially, Mrs. Cox refused. She did say, however, that she wouldn't accept another appointment in 1904. But once again, this wasn't good enough for the white citizens of Indianola, Mississippi at the time. After the end of Reconstruction, the white South quickly turned to Jim Crow laws to separate the races and to retain white power. Of course, many of these issues where white people thought they were superior to black people go back to slavery. In the fall of 1902, a racist white supremacist, James Varnaman, he was also the editor of the Greenwood Commonwealth newspaper. He accused the white citizens of Indianola, and I quote, of tolerating an N-word wench as postmaster. The white citizens of Indianola increased their pressure on many cops. They wanted her out. Now this is where they ran into a problem. Again, the postmaster job was a federal job. And like I said, state nor local officials could push her out. So what did the white citizens of Indianola turn to? Threats of violence. The threats of violence became so bad, Charles Fitzgerald, Postmaster Inspector wanted federal troops sent in to protect Benny Cox and her husband. He said, a bona fide federal officer, Mrs. Cox, should be protected by the federal troops. Now, President Theodore Roosevelt refused to send federal troops at this time. He also refused to accept Benny Cox's resignation. And instead, on January the 2nd of 1903, the president suspended service to the Indianola Post Office. Now, Roosevelt made it clear to the white citizens of Indianola that mail would be rerouted until Mrs. Cox could resume her position. By this point, however, the atmosphere had become so hostile that Mrs. Cox left Indianola on January the 5th, 1903. In response to the town's action against Mrs. Cox, President Roosevelt ordered the Attorney General to prosecute the citizens who had threatened her life with violence. Now, this controversy that surrounded Mrs. Cox not only made local and state news, 
but this was news throughout the United States. Many newspapers picked up the story of Minnie Cox in the town of Indodola. The white citizens established their own post office at Heathman Plantation. It was a place about four miles west outside of Indianola. This place served as the unofficial post office until 1904, when the term of Minnie Cox was due to end. After that, they reopened the post office in Indianola, Mississippi. Now, after leaving Indianola in 1903, Minnie Cox and her husband will return to Indianola in 1904. Now, she was a survivor. The couple founded Delta Penny Savings Bank, a prosperous endeavor that attracted both white and black investors. Her and her husband also opened a life insurance business. It was probably the first African-American life insurance business in the United States. Now, it wouldn't be fair to say that race relations haven't changed in Mississippi. But the thing is, have they changed enough? The state of Mississippi just recently decided to stop honoring the Confederate South by changing its flag. I guess you can call that some progress. Now, the town of Indianola has come to honor Mrs. Cox, the place where our house stood. They named a public park in her honor there. Also, the post office in Indianola bears Mrs. Cox's name in honor of the first African-American to ever hold a postmaster position in the United States of America. Okay, guys, so that's what's on my mind today. You guys have a great day. Peace out.